0: Hello, I'm Simon Farrell-Green and I'm the editor of Here magazine and we're delighted to be bringing you this series of wonderful New Zealand houses along with our friends at Altherm Window Systems. Over the next year we'll be talking with top New Zealand architects about a recent design, learning how it came to be and why the people who live in it love it so much. We'll have beautiful videos, lovely photographs and some great yarns but we're also going to feature a podcast with each project where I get to chat with the architect and hear the story behind the design. It's a chance for us to sit down at length and hear the full story. From the city to the country, from large and luxurious to small and clever, I hope you'll follow along with us as we explore these wonderful New Zealand houses. Our first house in the series is a retreat in the hills above Hickawai on the Coromandel Peninsula by Sam Atchison of Dorrington Atchison Architects. Owned by nature-loving clients who wanted a hard-working country house, complete with gigantic vegetable garden, it features spectacular views and a clever plan that maximises the site for a growing young family. Hey, thanks Sam. Thanks for joining us. All good. So tell us a little bit about this house. Where did it start? Um started with
1: Emma and Justin, really, who were the clients, and uh, approached us um, with uh, a site and wanted to build here. Um, and we um, had a few kind of conversations back and forth. They lived in Wellington at the time. And uh, so we were emailing back and forth and then came down and met them on the site. And it was then that we realised what a beautiful spot it was and how amazing the outlook was and yeah it kind of went from there
0: so how did they wind up here wellington to Hickwise. bit of a distance
1: yeah it is they work remotely or at least can work remotely and so worked out that they could be anywhere and this is a position which roughly kind of triangulates all of their family members who live in coromandel and auckland and the waikato so this seemed like as good a spot as any and um they They had a desire to live uh more off the land and um garden and and that sort of thing, and so they found the site and went for it.
0: I hear there were a lot of conversations about vegetable gardens and fruit trees and and that kind of stuff that yeah. sort of drove the project didn't it
1: yeah, it did to some extent yeah they they that was their vision really was to come here and um enjoy the good life so that, that and they were very kind of um clear about how how things should be in terms of the you know what they would do working in the garden and then bringing vegetables in and that sort
0: of thing nice mm. it's an incredible spot what what did you think when you first stood here I mean you're kind of sitting here in this kind of bowl of of hills and, and valley and bush and Yeah, just just blown away by the view In all honesty, really um,
1: I hope I don't stuff it up is what I thought You know, designing a house here I mean, you almost can't go wrong Because the view is so beautiful But, yeah
0: I guess with the, with the view you get wind though, don't you? So you've kind of got some challenges Like you, you're quite exposed As you drive up the road um, As I came up this morning I suddenly went, oh shit, there it is
1: Yeah yeah, no, there's, there's, there's winds, there's there's all sorts of weathers here. There's, I mean, I think we have been on site where literally in one day it's been windy, hailed, rained and beautifully sunny and hot. So it, it gets everything and it gets, because it's up on a hill, it gets everything from any direction. So that was really a challenge in terms of um, how do you uh, really make the most of this amazing site and the views. Um, and also make shelter so that so that you can enjoy that in the house in all weathers
0: So how, how did you do that? What were some of the things that you kind of played with and, and brought into this to, to give you shelter?
1: Um, really sort of, uh, I guess, having having outdoor living spaces on both sides or, t- or two sides of the house Projecting um, this, the rectangular wings of the, the bedroom side and the um, media room uh, in opposite directions to really create kind of buffer to to wind direction no matter where it's coming from. And then there's the, the covered outdoor deck which has shutters on it which you can draw closed for either wind or, or sun shelter.
0: And how does the where where are the veggie gardens? Where where, where how does the site work and what's the relationship to you got the house sort of sitting here on this almost sort of projecting off a ridge, and then where, 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 where how's the rest of the site work?
1: So the, the veggie gardens are, are downhill in a, a little sheltered spot, which is a bit of a microclimate of its own. It's out of the wind and catches really good sun. Um, and there's a there's a, um, a window behind the kitchen bench top, which views down the hill to the veggie garden. So there's that, that visual connection there. Um, which is really nice. I mean, I think you there's a there's a um, physical transition bringing vegetables up from the veggie garden, but there's also that connection of someone's in the kitchen cooking; they can see where the where the foods come from.
0: Nice. Yeah, nice. And were you always going to build it here on on the ridge? Did you look at other, other spots on on the land, or, or was this just no? It was got to be
1: here. Uh, this this was it. Really, we played around with orientation a little bit, but um, it was really this this spot projecting forward. We were we were mindful of not being. Um, I guess too much, uh, or not too exposed, as you know, from from the valley below. Um, but it's it's quite a modest house, and uh, you know, I think we've struck the balance pretty well with getting the view and and also, yeah, not standing out too much.
0: How big is it?
1: Uh, off the top of my head, about one hundred and eighty square meters, including the double garage,
0: including the garage. yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not it's, it's it's not small, but it's not it's not huge, particularly for. A rural house, I mean, when you you drive around New Zealand, you see those kind of monsters, you know, they're they're really, houses getting really big, so it's actually quite contained.
1: Yeah, that's right, it is. I mean, it kind of spreads out a little bit, but every every room is sort of only as big as it needs to be.
0: How do you make a rural house? Because I was thinking about that on the way here, that it's not a beach house, it's not a city house. Um, it's designed for for permanent occupation. You've got some quite distinct things that you need in the country.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, for a start, in terms of the um, the architecture, we did look at rural forms. Um, so I, I liked um, you know the sort of the hay um, hay shed structures, which are basically just floating gables, which sit on you know very fine um, steel legs, and that. We took references from those those sort of structures and, and that's how we got to the scabled space you know in the main living room which floats across the two more rectangular forms. In terms of the function, it really was about, I think, connecting to the different areas of the site through kind of sliding doors on one side and then you know the doors from the kitchen on the other and just just getting out, you know, getting out in, in every direction.
0: Nice. I noticed there's some quite intriguing little changes in levels as well. You come in off ground and you step up into the living area and you do the same into the bedrooms. Tell tell me about what, what that thinking is all about. Yeah,
1: I guess that's part of being a country house as well, you know, having that kind of area where you um come in from outside you might have been in the garden and your gumboots there's definitely pretty much six months of the year you're wearing gumboots outside here so it's it's in raincoats and that sort of thing so it's about having that transition zone where you're you're coming inside but then you're you're taking those clothes off
0: and you don't want you don't want anything kind of too prissy or too too white in those spaces or really even in your living areas do you You want it to be quite sort of robust that's right i
1: think all the materials we've gone for are really you know they're they're, um they're not fussy at all and they're not you know there's no job in this living room at all so it's really about just sort of good solid materials that will will last yeah
0: and what's there what's what's the sort of plan for for how they'll inhabit it how do they how do they use it because obviously you know again it's a country house it's a rural house but then you're working remotely so you've got some you got some. That's a different layer again, I guess, to 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 this sort of house.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it kind of works in that we've we've got these two wings. So we've got the bedroom wing um, on on one end of the house, and then we've got the. Um, the other wing with the office and and laundry in it and so really it's it's sort of as as spread out as it can be within the modest kind of footprint of this house so that when you're going into the office to do your work you're as far away from from the rest of the house as you as you can be sort of separated out I guess.
0: Nice you were talking before about um, the sort of rural vernacular and and, and looking at hay sheds and that sort of thing how, how did that come through in the design what, what, what were some of the responses to that idea
1: well really it's a it's about the gable of the main living space and that, that floats over um the two sort of rectangular blocks which go perpendicular to the gable form um and uh th- And then there's a series of posts, as I talked about, the cantilevering posts, um, and really around underneath the gable form are are the sliding doors which wrap on two sides and that that forms that openness or the, the sort of floating effect of the gable roof.
0: And then so you've got all this sort of big expansive glass and floor to ceiling windows and doors and that sort of thing in the in the living area. And then your your bedrooms are a little bit more closed, aren't they? You kind of see the, the corrugate. Yeah, that that's
1: sort of that's right. We've we've got um the from the main bedroom is a fantastic view and so we've put a sliding door in that to capture as much of that as possible. But then in the transition spaces, the hallway spaces we've got a series of sort of vertical slots which um, as you're transitioning from one space to the other you really get to see snippets of the view as you go go through so that that's the uh, thinking behind those windows
0: It gives you respite doesn't it when you do that because you can, you can open a house too much to the view almost, you, you kind of want to be able to go away from it and come back to it and see it and then sort of Yeah, that's
1: that's right, it's like anything, you know, you don't want to be out in the elements all the time, you don't want to be bombarded with a fantastic view, Well, to be honest I wouldn't mind, but um, (laughs) yeah, you do do need that relief, Um, and it also enables you to sort of pick out certain aspects of the view from the media room, we've got a a large picture window, sorry, the the office media room. which was really positioned so that when you're sitting in the built-in furniture there, you're looking straight down the Tairua River. So it's really about sort of um, opening up to the spaces you want to and framing, you know, framing those, those views.
0: And when, in terms of um, how it relates to other projects you've done, were there, were there projects that have sort of preceded this one, where there's some thinking that came through, or how do, where does it sit in terms of what, what you've done before?
1: In terms of the forms and how they went together definitely every every project is a progression you know the next one follows on and the thinking comes with it or, or doesn't depending um, in terms of the the function and the brief this is a pretty unique one for me um, you know someone coming to to basically start a, a new life in the country it was a it was a it was sort of inspiring and a, a little bit daunting at the same time and I haven't I haven't had that brief before so.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really lovely. That's mm. really nice to hear. I mean, what, what gave you pause in that? What were some of the things that, well, were, they, were they quite specific about what they wanted? Or were you sort of having to almost second guess what, what that new life would, would look like?
1: Um, the, the thing that gave me pause was just that, uh, I guess, the, um, the fact that... Uh, it was a, a lot of weight to put on me, you know, there's a, there's a, that's a big task to, to create someone's new life But they were very specific and they had done a lot of thinking They, um, they had done a, a big trip through Europe and so they'd had a lot of time um, in that trip to, to think about how their new life should be and so they had a, a lot to bring to, to the project
0: as well That's, that's really interesting, what were, what were some of the, the, the things that came through For them from that?
1: Um, Well they they uh, did a cycle tour that was that was their trip around Europe and and the things that came through were sort of modesty of of the size of the space and the the, the things that they needed in the space Um, really uh, just enough space for them to live but really really kind of stripped back in terms of the actual possessions that they needed and all about living on the land and you know being here was was the main driver basically to, to be here and and yeah and and working in the veggie garden. And when
0: when you're designing and and you're you're just making those spaces just big enough. What are some of the the kinds of rules of thumb that that you think about? Because I've noticed that this is quite a long narrow space, but it's really functional.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's some layouts that work and some that don't. Um, and I guess over the years you get to know the ones. You know how how you can get the most out of a small footprint so what you what you can make work I think the other thing that really really helps is um, having an amazing view so your space is not confined to the, the walls of the house um, and being you know a, a having uh, uh, you know re- floor-to-ceiling joinery that opens out and and just really extends the the
0: the smaller spaces yeah so depending on where the wind is, they can open it up, open open whole walls of glass up, and the whole thing just sort of spills out yeah, you know, into that, the landscape. That,
1: that's right. Depending on the wind direction, they'll open one side or the other, or or close the whole thing down if the weather's not good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Was budget a consideration? I mean, it was a consideration it's for everyone. <laughs> it's always a consideration. <laughs> was it tight, or was it was it was it kind of realistic? Or
1: um, it, it was. Um, it, it was uh, well we got there in the end there were there were constraints on budget as there always are and so we were we were working um you know with with that in mind in terms of the size of the building in terms of materiality in terms of we, we worked really closely with a really good builder who helped us on the budget side of things we um there's no steel in the house we, we tried to um, really make sure that our structure was as efficient and as cost effective as possible um, so yeah we did lots of things to, to make sure that the budget went as far as it could.
0: So you managed to build it using those kind of quite standard building sort of act rules around not needing steel and sort of, or was it, were you pushing things a little bit? We pushed
1: things a bit, yeah. We had a
0: clever structural engineer who who, um, designed
1: cantilevered timber posts, which gave us the bracing we needed and um, uh, meant that we didn't have to have a steel frame, which was really, really good.
0: Yeah, and then I noticed, you know, in the living room you've got ply, you've got steel, you've got some some of those materials, but then bedrooms you kind of step into into plasterboard, so you've obviously been able to sort of manage where you spend things a little bit. But that's exactly it, yeah,
1: yeah, the living room is really, um, it's the jewel in terms of the overall house. It's the bit where, um, you know, it's got a, a real richness of materiality and then we've pulled back a little bit in those other spaces.
0: Mm-hmm. Were you tempted, you know, after building it to, to, to make a change of your own, to disappear off to the country and live on a hill? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Through the whole
1: process, you know, it was very inspiring and still I think about it. Um, I don't know if I could do it, but it, it, it really is something that I think about a lot.
0: Yeah. And how have they found it? Has it has it sort of turned into that, that new life that, that they thought? They might get. Yeah, it it has
1: absolutely. I think uh, um, from all accounts, they're they're loving it, and and they've um, got two young children, one who was born while they were here, and that's I mean, what a fantastic place to grow up. You know, it's a, it's pretty amazing. They it's a lot of work. You know, the, the land is a lot of work. So while they're not working, they're working on the land. But I think that's as they wanted it.
0: Yeah, that's fabulous. Mm. Hey, look, Sam. That's wonderful. Thank you. Cool. Really appreciate it. Yeah, great. That was Sam Atchison of Dorrington Atchison Architects talking about a house he designed in the hills of the Coromandel. It's a modern farmhouse with a cracker view. Thanks for joining here in Althurn as we explore these great New Zealand houses and chat with the architects who brought them to life. We'll see you next time.